Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the HP Podcast, your weekly show about video games. I'm Ben. With me here today is Brandon. Hello, Brandon. How you doing? Doing good. You're pissing me off again. I know. Wearing the slides. Dude, I know. But I I thought about you before coming over, and I didn't wear socks today. So I hope that makes you feel better. Now that I've been slandered for wearing socks and sandals, you, I've you now... You thought about me knowing how much I hate socks and sand or, so- or just sandals in general, feet, and you still chose yeah. to not. Correct. Okay. Yeah, it it was a comfort play, um, and I thought I got shit on last two weeks ago yeah. for the socks and sandals. So let's try and see if he'll accept me and love me. Um, I do love you. I'm just saying, if you if I knew you hated my bare feet, I would never let you see them, dude. Well, sometimes <laughs> you you love the things you hate and you don't know it yet. True, but I'm doing okay. I did the same thing I did last week, and I got Chipotle for dinner two podcast in a row it might be my secret sauce for the podcast or my demise um, i guess that's not really my, up to my interpretation but what if you just shit yourself in the middle of the show you know much like south park they say why would you eat something that makes you uh produce diarrhea and i say well have you tried it right um and uh yeah that's all i gotta say about that i'm feeling pretty good though not as full as last week they didn't sometimes the proportions are always off. Every time I go to Chipotle, sometimes they really hook you up. It's this Chipotle in in specific. So. I mean, they really hook you up. But I will say this week's rice, borderline crunchy. Now, Brandon, you went last week before the show. Correct. You went this week before the show. Correct. The week before last week, you went after the show with me. Holy fuck. Three weeks in a row. Have you had Chipotle in between those times? No. Okay. No, no, I'm, I'm kind of saving it for a special occasion type thing, you know, to get me in the mood for the boys. Gotcha. Um, if you get me sauced up, as we talked about last week. Right, so. a little saucy. Yeah, sure. But no, I'm feeling pretty good. Good. Full and ready, uh, ready to, bust. to drool, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Dave, uh, how was your Chipotle tonight? I didn't have Chipotle. I had oh, Hakka, Hakka food. Just good. Really spicy, though. Because I guess Hakka is like a combination of Indian and, and Chinese food. Oh. And you can go to like Chinese Hakka places, mm-hmm. which is good. But then you can go to like Indian Hakka places and they're like really spicy. So, um, yeah, I might I might be in the same camp as Brandon. <laughs> but the good thing about that is like if you ever are at work, I know this doesn't apply to you, Ben, because you're unemployed. Uh. But um <laughs> if you're at work and like Wait. you don't want to be at work you can always just shit your pants like it is the it's the ultimate out because like <laughs> dude listen clearly you're not from america because the workplaces here would be like we have extra underwear and pants <laughs> we expect you to work your full nine hours and then you can go home 
right. you're going to be written up if you go home. Do you <laughs> not think that the shame of being around your coworkers while shitting your pants is enough to not do that? Well, no, they're your coworkers, so I mean, you shouldn't really care about how much they think about you. But I mean, if if you just want to go, like, generally speaking, they're not going to make you stay if you shit your pants, right? See, you give a guy, you know, free healthcare, <laughs> and this is the kind of thing he comes up with. <laughs> Dude, but no, no, listen, I'll do you one better. Shit on company time always. <laughs> yeah. Always. Yeah, it adds up, even if it's like less than 10 minutes a day. That adds up to like a 40 hour work week by the end of the year. So that's pretty much 40 hours of you. Even um, if you got a poop at home, too, you had a free one in there. Dude, you got to. I'm, you know, at any cost, I think that, uh, you know, what do they say? Boss makes a dollar, I make a dime. Yeah. You know the rest. That's what Elmo says. No shit. Yeah. Well, I've seen that meme with Elmo. Oh, <laughs> okay. Saying that. Yeah. He poops at work, too, apparently. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the HP podcast. We talk about video games and shit in your pants at work. You can support us by going over to patreon.com slash handsome phantom for as little as a dollar a month. Sign up there to get ad free early access. We appreciate those of you who support us. And over on Discord, you can come over there for free. Come over to handsomephantom.com slash Discord. Join the revolution. That's what they say, right? Uh, someone said it. I think it was me. Okay. We got a few news stories here today. <laughs> Nothing really like. There's been like monumental groundbreaking news in the last week, but it's been going on for so long. It doesn't even feel like news right. with, the, with the Microsoft Activision deal. Right. Um, but we talked last week about the Microsoft Ac- Activision acquisition and the court case and everything there. And there's been a little bit of a follow up. Number one, Sony and Microsoft have reached a 10 year agreement to keep the Call of Duty franchise on PlayStation following Microsoft's proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard. This deal ends a contentious battle between the two companies that has spanned both private and public disputes over the past year. While Microsoft's initial offer included all existing Activision console titles on Sony, the final agreement is limited to a 10-year commitment specifically for Call of Duty. Sony had initially resisted signing a deal with Microsoft, expressing concerns about potential exclusivity and sabotage of the PlayStation versions of the game. However, an email from PlayStation chief Jim Ryan revealed during the FTC versus Microsoft hearing suggested that he was confident about Call of Duty remaining on PlayStation. The deal comes after months of discussions and counteroffers between the two companies. The regulatory situation in the UK remains a point of attention as Microsoft's proposed acquisition was blocked there earlier this year. Microsoft and the Competition and Markets Authority, or the CMA, are participating in a case management conference at the Competition Appeal Tribunal, or the CAT. CAT. They, they don't have name stuff over there. Meow. To consider adjourning the proceedings and engaging in further discussions to address the CMA's concerns regarding cloud gaming. The CMA has also extended its investigation into the deal until August 29th. Despite the ongoing regulatory processes, Microsoft aims to close the Activision deal by its original July 18th deadline. July 18th is today, it's and today. as of, I haven't seen anything as of now, which is about almost 7 o'clock p.m. Tuesday the 18th. Let it lapse. Let it lapse. Dude, after all this, imagine <laughs> it just falls through. So, Dave, um, Microsoft said, hey, Sony, you can have all our stuff for, uh, for 10 years if you sign this deal. And Sony said, nah, we're going to let it go to court. And then after it goes to court and doesn't pass, Sony's like, all right, what do you make of that, Dave? Um, I don't know. It it sounds like Sony is approaching satisfaction with this whole thing. Um, maybe they're not satisfied, but at the very least, they're seeing that um, things are starting to go Microsoft and Activision's direction in terms of getting this deal done. Um, 
I do find the Call of Duty piece a little short sighted um, because I know it's it's a ten year thing, and 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 Call of Duty at the moment is a massive franchise, and it's it's incredibly valuable. But I can't help but feel that its value is declining um, at a pretty rapid pace. Um, I don't know the, the the fact that Sony is is kind of keying on Call of Duty as as that one IP that that Microsoft has to kind of keep exclusive. Um, it it I don't know. It just seems a little short sighted to me. I think there there's more that um, this is going to kind of fall in, into into Microsoft's favor long term because I don't know. I just I I know Call of Duty has had a great run, but I just kind of feel like it's 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 started to fade a little bit, and it's not going to have the same value in five years that it does now. Um, you know, still going to be huge, still going to be a massive revenue generator. Um, it's still something that's going to push people to PS Plus, like because that's a big part about this too. That I think Sony's really interested in is they want those games that keep people online and keep people subscribed to PS Plus. So those are important factors, but I can't help but feel that like there's a lot more that's falling Activision and Microsoft's way in this. So, I mean, we'll see what happens, but it certainly looks like um, we're finally moving to the end game with all this. Brandon, do you think I've seen a lot of people say that, oh, well, it's just Call of Duty now. Now we're not going to get, you know, Crash Bandicoot on PlayStation and stuff like that. What do you think? Do you think we're going to be not seeing those titles or do you think that Microsoft was just like, look, you had your chance and now we're only going to promise you this, but yeah, I mean, the market would suggest that they need PlayStation as well. Yeah. I mean, I would tend to agree with that. I think that I'm also in complete agreement with Dave. I think that all big IP does plateau at some point and inevitably goes down. I think that as awesome and huge as call of duty has been, um, 10 years i mean who knows what 10 years will bring right i mean even think about a series like halo 10 years ago um maybe not even at its prime 10 years ago but think about it now um it's just to only sign a deal that locks that in does seem kind of strange to me i would imagine that microsoft will be strategic by this uh, or about this i think that we will see some things that would play to their advantage to put on PlayStation yeah. and maybe smaller things that they would have less to gain, maybe like crash, you know, it's not something that's necessarily, it doesn't need to be online. I know some of the crashes have battle passes and shit now, but like it would be more to Microsoft's advantage to put call of duty on PlayStation than crash bandicoot sure. needing to be on PlayStation as weird as that is. Like I feel like crash is PlayStation's home, but um. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we see things um, kind of divvied up depending on how they will, I guess, more strategically, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I said it last week. I'm just glad for this to be over. Um, I think that now that's, you know, we are getting traction and this is finally, you know, screeching to a halt after moving a little bit further, um, you know. I guess we'll see how it shakes out. And, you know, Sony obviously wants some of the pie and apparently that slice is Call of Duty. Yeah. It is interesting because I don't really think there was any real threat of Call of Duty not being on PlayStation. I think it was kind of a foregone conclusion. You know, we know that Call of Duty is massive and also very expensive. So they probably... They, they almost definitely needed it to still be on PlayStation in order to not 
lose their shirt making the same or better product that they have in the past. So these deals kind of seem meaningless to me, but I understand why they put them in place because they wanted to appeal to regulatory bodies. They wanted to uh, appeal to their competition, obviously, to try to get them to, to ease up on them a little bit. But I imagine that um, that was not a very fun call for Jim Ryan or whoever had to make that call to make. Right. Being like, okay, we give, we'll take your 10-year deal. And they're like, oh, yeah, but it's only for Call of Duty. Since that's what you were so concerned about, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. Interesting times. We shall see. Um, I uh, suppose maybe by the time this is out on Thursday to free feeds, we will know one way or another about the uh, actual closing of everything and the CMA and at least have a little further interest in that or a little uh clarity i suppose you could say yeah, finally yeah. number two the council of the european union has introduced new regulations that require future gaming handheld consoles including potential versions of the nintendo nintendo switch and the steam deck to have replaceable batteries by 2027 the aim of the regulation is to ensure the safety sustainability and competitiveness of batteries through their life cycle the EU representative confirmed that gaming hand handhelds fall under the regulation covering batteries and waste batteries. The requirement for replaceable batteries gives consumers the ability to easily replace and recycle batteries. This move aligns with the EU's efforts to promote zero emission modes of transport, of transport and the reuse of critical raw materials found in the end-of-life batteries. It is a similar step to the EU's decision that all portable electronic devices sold in the EU should use USB Type-C for charging by autumn 20th, 20, 2024 to reduce electronic waste and enhance consumer convenience. Dave, I was thinking about whenever I saw this, we talked about this briefly last week. I was thinking about the USB type C thing being implemented. And we talked last week about um, some EU countries doing stuff with loot boxes. And then I saw this kind of murmuring about, but I don't know. I, what do you think about the age old debate of should handhelds have replaceable batteries? And that kind of goes hand in hand too with what about controllers? I think it's a great idea. Um, you would be surprised how many, well, not just in general, I think people would be surprised how many um, problems can be solved by just putting a fresh battery in something. Uh, I had a Dyson vacuum that I swore was a piece of shit and I was really angry about it because these things cost like a thousand dollars and all it needed was a brand new battery and it, uh, it works great now. <laughs> and I'm sure there's a lot of stuff like that. So, I mean, why not give people the option to kind of increase their longevity? Obviously, we know the answer to that question is because then they have to keep buying stuff. But um, yeah, this is great. I think um, having that ability to just kind of swap out a battery and also hopefully standardizing things a little bit with the charging ports would be great um, because we all know how annoying that is. And we know what Apple's done with with that whole thing so yeah this is good news i hope this comes to fruition uh worldwide not just in europe um because this is anything that makes a consumer's life a little bit easier is good brandon i imagine this will be coming to the u.s as well because it is one of the biggest markets for these devices and for them to make two skews of something for instance i think that with the USB-C in phones being a thing i think that we'll start seeing USB-C in the u.s yeah as well at the same time but anyway are you a uh are you a rechargeable battery or a replaceable battery guy um i'm a rechargeable battery guy but replaceable at the same time like i buy the batteries that you could recharge yeah but they're replaceable so i i, I think at first glance having a battery that's not 
changeable in things. It feels more luxurious at first, but it's about a long play. And I think you even said that in in what you wrote here. Um, you know, I love to see legislation come down that is pro-gamer, that's pro-consumer. Um, and I think that's exactly what we're looking at between the loot boxes, the standardized charging ports, and the, the, the longevities of the batteries, just being able to swap those out. I think it's great. Um, and I love to see any sort of policy anywhere that is pro-people um, and not the other way around, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is definitely good news uh, as a whole. And I love seeing things like this. And, and we keep seeing more things like this, like as the years go on. And I think it's fantastic to kind of be able to grow and continue to, you know, develop as technology develops. Um, but this is good. I'm really interested to see how Sony handles that because they have had rechargeable batteries like in non-changeable batteries always in their controllers. And I wonder how and if that will change anything for them. Um, it'd be really interesting. I can't imagine popping the back off of my PlayStation controller and putting batteries in it. I'm so used to it on Xbox now because I've always done it. Um, but I guess it would be kind of strange doing it the other way around, but used to it pretty quick, I suppose. The interesting thing for me will be, it says by 2027, which... You know, in That's theory, four years. It is four years. I don't think we'll have you know a new console or new they controllers said, by that point. They said twenty twenty eight, right? Twenty twenty seven. No, 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 no. For, for for the next generation. Remember, we have right. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, I got. Yeah. You. So I wonder if that'll only be on like new iterations of those controllers, or if they'll make it any new ones that are produced. Okay. Because if it's any new ones that are produced, they're going to have to have a new playstation controller with rechargeable batteries at least right. in the eu uh or not rechargeable batteries but replaceable batteries at the very least well, dude i remember i think it was the 360 generation was really the first generation you could truly be wireless as far as modern consoles are concerned and i bought uh these rechargeable battery packs for the 360 and i had four of them and just had a little charger stand they were knockoff brand dude, you know they were, they were licensed or whatever yeah, but they were they show. were knockoff brand and it was so nice just being able to like because I hate that once I found out I didn't have to have a cord, I hated the cord. Right. So it was so nice just to be able to like instead of spending an eternal amount of money on new batteries, I just picked up those rechargeable packs and swapped <laughs> them out. And that was really nice because you didn't have to plug your controller in or put it on a dock or whatever. I think overall I am in favor of a combination batteries that can swap out that can also be recharged. Like right. you were saying. Yeah, I think that's the pro move. And I you know, we're thinking this is so pro-consumer, and I think in a lot of ways it is, but that's just another thing they could sell you because yeah. you said it exactly. I mean, they're going to be selling licensed at some point when this happens. Licensed Sony rechargeable packs that have the batteries that can pop out, yeah. and it's a stand just like back in the day. You you brought that back out in my memory because I had those too. Yeah, I, I actually have them set up on my entertainment center yeah. still, even though I don't have my 360 hooked up. <laughs> it, it is interesting because... Um, Xbox already has, you know, you have to cycle out batteries. So really, they don't have to change anything if they don't want to. And they've also already moved to USB-C for the new controller for the Xbox One. Kind of ahead of, ahead of the curve here. Uh, I guess PlayStation, the, the DualSense is also USB-C. Um, but they obviously still have the internal rechargeable battery that is not replaceable. So we shall see how it goes. I, I know there's a, con and I understand the positions on both sides of it. There's a contentious debate on which one's better. I definitely 
like the best of both worlds. I want to replace my battery, but also then be able to recharge it. Right. Dude, I have IKEA rechargeable batteries. Those things are lit. That's like currently you do? Yeah, bro. Oh, that, yeah. yeah, that's what I use. I IKEA batteries. Yeah. Can't beat it, dude. You they lose some 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 of their longevity over time, but I don't feel like it's enough to make it not worth it. No. No. And any excuse to go back to IKEA. Well, yeah, of course. The Swedes know what they're doing. <laughs> Number three. A study conducted by the Video Game History Foundation and the Software Preservation Network has found that 87% of classic games released before 2010 are currently unavailable to play anywhere. This study aims to highlight the need for expanded exemptions that allow libraries and preservation organizations to preserve video games. Unlike other forms of media, such as books and film, video game preservation faces a significant challenge due to copyright laws, lack of support from studios for older titles, and the rapid evolution of hardware. The study counterclaims, the study counters claims by the video game industry's lobbying group that it is adequately preserves its own history commercially, revealing that only 13% of gaming history is accessible. The limited options for accessing classic games include seeking out collectible games and hardware, visiting specific libraries, or resorting to piracy, none of which provide an ideal solution for widespread access to these games. Now, I kind of have my own thoughts on this. And, um, well, some of it is that, you know, we have these old consoles and we love playing games on old consoles. That's part of the charm. That's why we go to arcades and stuff, too. Um, But also, like, yeah, it would be nice to be able to play a game from... Not that long ago, the year I graduated college <laughs> on a modern console. And yeah. there, by the way, are games that came out after 2010. I'm sure they just didn't include them in their study that are no longer available to play. And we're only going to continue to see more games become not available as we move to 100% online games, which, again, that's a little bit of a different situation since those games aren't like meant to be played uh, solo. And they can't keep those servers up forever. I get it. But anyway, I'm rambling. Brandon, um, what are your thoughts on uh, on the, the lack of ability to play older games? Yeah, I mean, this is something that we've known was happening for a long time. I mean, um, most companies, I think, honestly, are just waiting for the day to cash in a paycheck to re-release these games on something else. But they never do. Um, so it's just really sad to see that so much of this medium that we love is being lost by the day. Um, and if there was a way to make money off of it, they would. And if they're not, then they should give the option to do something with it. I mean, it, it you got to imagine that even at some point, it's just like not even can you even ROM something at some point. Um, I don't know, man. It's just it's not good to see. And we need to figure out a way to be able to uh, supersede these uh, these copyright laws and kind of figure out how to keep the medium alive even after all these years. Dave, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, preservation is is huge, and uh, I'm part of the problem because I'm I'm one of these mostly digital guys. Uh, I will admit that, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of sad to think that just like only you know, 2010 isn't that long ago. And there's a lot of games that we grew up with and we really enjoyed. And, you know, it's we assume we could go and find a copy of of, I don't know, Metal Gear Solid. I mean, that's probably not a good example, but there's a lot of games from like the PlayStation era that, um, you know, aren't that easy to go back and get now. And it's a little bit uh 
it's a little bit concerning and and you know from one aspect if if these things are hard to get your hands on they become a commodity and 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 people can charge more for them so i don't know it's it's sad but it's just kind of the way we're going we're so much less of a tangible society now and everything's on a subscription and and that's kind of what we're being driven towards so I don't know. I, I've kind of wanted to get into game collecting a little bit, and I don't know where I would start. I, I feel like the 360 era, which obviously wasn't that long ago, would be fun to get into. Um, there was a lot of games that I kind of... That that was around the time where I started to become like a self-sufficient gamer, where like I could reasonably buy everything I wanted. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of want to start to get into that, not to turn a profit someday, but more just for the nostalgia piece, because these things are coming uh, more and more scarce. So sad, sad times. But again, I am part of the problem and I recognize that. <laughs> yeah, well, and I don't know that it's, it's as much about digital versus physical in this case. Although Obviously, that will be a bigger piece of the problem in another decade, probably. I think it's more about the fact that like... And I and I kind of go both ways on this. Yes, I think that you should be able, there should be a way to play old games like, you know, what's the reason for Nintendo not putting certain old games of theirs on their online subscription, at least to just be able to play them or, you know, whatever. But I think the the issue is definitely going to get more um, profound in the future, because as much as we want to think that like, oh, well, Sony's always going to be there to have their games backed up. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. But like right now, we can only play games that are 10 years old on on play, current PlayStation hardware. They haven't figured out how to get the old ones all on there. I mean, some of them with their subscription, of course. But for the most part, there's a lot out there that isn't isn't available. Kind of weird. Number four. According to recent reports, Microsoft is... And by the way, these reports have now been confirmed. I wrote this before that. According to recent reports... Microsoft is planning to retire its Xbox Live Gold subscription and introduced a new Game Pass tier called Xbox Game Pass Core, starting on September 14th. The Game Pass Core subscription, priced at $10 per month, will replace Xbox Live Gold and offer additional benefits without any extra cost. The subscription will include access to a limited pool of 25 free monthly games from the Game Pass library, effectively transforming Xbox Live Gold into a light version of the Game Pass subscription. The monthly Games with Gold freebies will be removed, but games redeemed via Games with Gold will still be available. Existing Xbox Live Gold members will automatically be transitioned to the Xbox Game Pass Core subscription. The initial lineup, oh, I'm sorry, other tiers of the Xbox Game Pass subscription will retain their current pricing and benefits. The initial lineup of games included in the Xbox Game Pass Core subscription includes titles such as Among Us, Descenders, Dishonored 2, Doom Eternal, Fable Anniversary, Fallout 4, and more. It is expected that Microsoft will rotate games in and out of the selection of 25 games offered with the core subscription. The change follows a recent price increase for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate and indicates a potential shift in the Xbox Game Pass subscription model. And I think I wrote Ultimate, but I think uh, that was just out of habit. I think they did it for regular Game Pass as well, although I'm not 100% confirmed on that. Dave, 10 bucks a month US, that's not a lot lower than, what is it, 12 now for regular Game Pass? I don't know. This seems like a good idea. We all said for years that Games with Gold was, you know, old and decrepit and needed to die finally. But I didn't expect them to replace it with something like this. Yeah, I don't know. I I'm I I like it. I think it's streamlining the service. I think it's it's 
it's in line with um, the entry level subscription tier for PS Plus, which is essential. Um, I think it adds value, and it's kind of a good entry point if you're not sort of into Game Pass yet. Um, it also gives you access to sort of playing online games and stuff like that. So um, I think this is good. I, the gold thing was really confusing to me because. I remember you guys bringing it up on the show a couple times and I kind of thought that thing's still around. Like, what does it actually do? It was just kind of a confusing tack on service. And I know they kept it around because Xbox Live Gold was, you know, that was the traditional service, but um, it's old and it's it, it needed to be replaced. So I think what they've done here is 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 um, remove another barrier for people to get on with game pass and again i think it's in line with the rest of the market so this is good i think this is a good move it's smart uh i might try it out um when it comes out in in a couple months but uh yeah i think this is a this is a smart move but rest in peace xbox live gold it was fun it was fun. rip indeed rip indeed brandon um just imagine we see it now a little bit on the playstation side but you're on you're on the regular old game pass core and you want to play the newest hit microsoft game redfall yeah and you see it there yeah and you're you go to click on it it's on your dashboard and it says in order to do this you need to upgrade for only an extra two dollars for the month yeah how easy would that be but no what do you what do you think of the new uh the new tier of game pass essentially no i think this is smart i agree it adds an immense amount of value to what already had i mean i think Gold did have value, to be honest with you. Um, but I think this adds even more value. And I'm in agreement with you, Ben. This will really add a reciprocating effect to Game Pass. It will keep bringing people in because even if you're at the lowest levels, there will be incentive. And I'm positive they're going to position the UI and everything in a way that makes it seem so easy. You hit it on the, the nail on the head. That's exactly what I was going to say, was that they will make it so that way it's like, oh, I want to try this. It's going to be an extra couple dollars this month. And so it's it's less of a burden to carry. Um, and I think that that is the key point here is it does add value. And we've talked so much about how Game Pass is just a good, good value. And I think this is no different. Yeah, it's definitely if they were going to have games with gold, it's way better than uh, than Xbox Live Gold. Because you get all these games. Now, granted, there's 25 of them. Yeah, they may cycle some out or whatever, but sure, you get to the end of that 25 games? and you're done. But yeah. like, we're talking about amazing games. Some of the best games. I didn't write them all out here, but like, there's just the fact that like there's some Fallout games on there. Um, Doom. Doom is on there. Uh, Fable. Us. Yeah, Among Us. Among, like, among Us. Yeah, you can play dude, that for, for Infinite. That's what I'm saying. Time. Like, this is a huge value to have your base tier that is centered around multiplayer and potentially you know i don't know what deals they're going to work out with games that have multiplayer but imagine that like a game like deep rock being on that first tier and how much value that could not only add for game pass and bring in revenue for them but also for these studios i mean having your base have 25 free games that will cycle in and out i'm imagining there's going to be some pretty good things on there and they will entice because they've enticed with game pass so like right. i think they know that they have a good library um, and this is no different than game, slightly different than Game Pass, but not much. Um, it is this. I mean, it's the same. It's just limited. I mean, really, it's a it's almost a direct correlation to PlayStation Plus. Right. Because, I mean, I think at least you and me and I think Dustin, too, 
has been not, I don't want to say tricked, but like convinced by the, um, oh, well, this game's on the extra tier. Oh, it easily just tells me what extra amount I could play if I want to play this game right now. I, I could buy this game for $25 or I could pay $30 for the next six months total right. and have access to all these extra games. Right. And so it's just a, it's a very easy, you know, and then, then as soon as you know it, oh, well, now you're paying $12.99 instead of $9.99. But you got a lot more games to play. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, I, I mean, one thing is for sure, whether or not Game Pass is a good thing or a bad thing or a good value or a bad value, whatever, I don't think Games with Gold, in comparison to Game Pass, was worth it anymore. And to give them another option for this. Now, the thing I'm interested in is, will some of those folks who are signed up on Game Pass bump down to this? Because there are a lot of people who don't really care about indie games, right? They want the big, the big ones. And so if there's 25 games on here and they rotate, that may be enough for some people. Yeah. We'll see. Wouldn't be enough for me. I need all the games. Yeah. Damn it. Dude, in Ultimate, I mean, I'm kind of screwed there for PC. Well, Ultimate's great because because of, well, what you get online with it, right? Yeah. Wait, do you get online with regular Game Pass? Uh, oh, no, Dave, so. Dave ran into that. I think you do. Don't you? No, don't you? I thought you had to upgrade when we played Redfall. I'm pretty sure normal Game Pass only gives you the games. I think Ultimate is the only one that comes with live. You got it. Yeah. So wait, does that mean the core is going to have live? Um, Well, I don't know because Games with Gold. Games with Gold have live. live. Um, That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know the answer to this. Edwin will definitely let us know. Somebody will. Well, either way, I still think it's a good move. Oh, absolutely. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Number five, according to the latest data from GSD, 3 million video games were sold in the UK in June, including both physical and digital formats. It's worth noting that 82% of these sales were through digital stores, indicating a strong preference for digital game purchases. Diablo 4 emerged as the best-selling game for the month, with significant digital sales contributing to its success. The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom remained the top-selling physical game for the second consecutive month. In terms of console sales, the PS5 regained its position as the top-selling console, fueled by a price reduction and a bundle with God of War Ragnarok. The Nintendo Switch experienced a decline in sales, while Xbox Series S and X saw an increase. The Midnight Black version of the PS5 DualSense controller was the top-selling accessory, and the Starfield Limited Edition Xbox controller entered the charts at number five. That's crazy, because I swear I saw everybody on Twitter posting a picture of that Starfield controller. To think that it only hit number five was kind of crazy. The real reason I brought this up 
Dave, is because specifically the 82% of these sales in the UK, of course, which is, you know, usually a little bit higher in digital sales was through digital, meaning only 18% of games purchased last month in June in the UK were physical. That's kind of nutty to me. I thought it was closer to maybe, you know, digital was winning the war, but I thought it was like 60, 40, not 82, 18. How do you feel about your destruction of the economy, Dave, <laughs> the gaming economy? Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I assumed the, um, the scales were being tipped in digital's favor, but I didn't know it was, it was this much of a split. Um, 82%. That's, it's close to 90% of all games being sold digitally. Um, Kind of weird, kind of weird. I, I, I really, you know, thought that the 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 amount of people who still preferred physical um, were, you know, I, I thought there was going to be a strong contingent, but um, I don't know. I wonder if this is a fair representation. Um, if, if you're looking at a month, and this included Diablo, right? Yes. Okay. So I'm wondering. June 6th. Yeah. I'm wondering if it's worth looking at kind of the titles that dominated the sales and if, if Diablo is one of them, then I'm wondering if that's kind of skewing the digital numbers a little bit since it's, you know, primarily something that's being played on PC. Um, but in any case, it, it's, it's really surprising to see that that many people are, are digital doorknobs like me. Um, I don't know. I've never really paid much attention. I don't think these numbers include PC sales. What I will say, Dave, though, is you, I think you might be right for a different reason. The only way to play the game early was to get the digital deluxe for Diablo. Okay. So I don't know that that contributed to everything, but physically, I don't think there was any way to get the game, what, three to four days early? Right. Yeah. So, But we're I, seeing more of that, though, aren't we? Where it's yep. it's almost like you're being coaxed into into buying digital over physical. Um, well, it saves with, them money. For sure, pre-order bonuses and stuff like that, and and yeah, it's it's a lot cheaper to to kind of produce and distribute. Um, they don't have so, to go through a middleman and lose a couple bucks there. Exactly, yeah. So I mean, this is definitely something that favors um, you know developers and publishers, especially. Um, but yeah, again, just surprised to see that number is that high. Brandon, at our local Walmart, and I assume many other WalMarts in the. Uh, in the game section, there, there's an entire section of the game wall that is now just gift cards for different <laughs> games and different subscriptions and everything oh, else. It's kind of wild. Yeah. But I mean, th there's not really a ton to say here, but how do you feel about, at least in the UK, most games by a long shot yeah. are digital. I kind of just feel the same way you guys do, to be honest <laughs> with you. It's it's sad to see, but it's the reality we live in. Um and it's going to keep getting less and less. It really is, boys. Um, so cherish it while we can. Uh, continue to fight the good fight, except Dave. Yeah. Um, and buy, buy physical. There's, oh. a, there's, a, there's a minor supplement to this story that I have to add in because I actually saw it come up today. But uh, item 5.5. According okay. to a report from GameIndustry.biz, Tesco, one of the UK's biggest supermarket chains, will stop selling physical copies of games oh, shit. across all 2,800s of its outlets. So wow. Dude, we're going to... That's also something that we never think about, that it's like, one day will we only be able to get physical games in GameStop? Or, I mean, GameStop, you can mostly get Funko Pops, I think. 
now mostly it's like it's like about three-fourths of the store but (laughs) then beside it on a kiosk will be the three physical (laughs) games yeah it's just like that is the reality well and that's what i was saying with these numbers coming from the uk is that uk has been trending more digital for a while and i have heard people say that it's really hard to find um i'm sorry it's been trending digital it's really hard to find physical games dude did the tea shops not sell physical games the tea shops (laughs) (laughs) why hasn't the king done something about this he's been he's been reigning for a couple months now dude his fat little fingers can't grab onto physical things so you would think somebody of his age would understand he's eating beans and toast too much he, he doesn't have any time for that oh my god we have european listeners and they're gonna be so angry dude beans and toast is delicious that's true it actually is black pudding shout out i don't out. know about that i don't know about that <laughs> dave number six is specifically for you again not a news item but Last week, we did our mid-year resolution check-in, and I gave you the opportunity, for those who didn't listen, I gave you the opportunity, because we all had failed different parts of ours, to pick one of yours that you wanted to swap out and say, I'm not going to complete this this year. My resolution has been failed, but I will redeem myself with this new resolution. And the criteria was, and you're the only one who chose to do that, the criteria was if, if you just kept the old resolutions and you failed one of them, you're just, you know, you just fail. That's that's it. But if you pick a new one and you fail at it too, we get to pick a, a punishment for you. I turned New Year's resolutions into wagers, essentially. So, Dave, do you have a new resolution to swap out with one of your old ones? I do. Oh, baby. And remind me, remind everybody what the old one was. Um, I, yeah, I was trying to play online with friends more and, uh, that just didn't work out cause I canceled my PS plus and, uh, stuff with life. Also, I blame Redfall. I mm-hmm. was looking forward to playing that game a lot more, <laughs> Dude, but it turns Redfall. out it was trash. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's the one that I, I am, I failed. I am accepting, uh, I'm taking the L halfway through the year. Yeah. I'm going to swap it out for a new one. And you're going to try to redeem yourself with a new one. You got it. Redemption. All right, what is the new one? Well, first of all, I just want to um, give the opposite of a shout out to our Discord this week for being so foul um, <laughs> and introducing something called Galgun into my life. Oh Dude. God, Dude, this you didn't is... know about you didn't know about Galgun. No, I, it's ruined my marriage now. So. Okay, wow. <laughs> Gee, thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, lots of good laughs this week. Um, so for w- what I'm going to do, this may sound like uh a softy but it really isn't um it's also kind of boring um but i think people like brandon will appreciate this but um this is specific to gran turismo 7 this uh this goal um and i've talked about it before how i've kind of gotten into uh the online time trials there are weekly time trials oh yeah um and my goal for the end of the year is to get three gold medals in uh online time trials um and again that might sound like it's 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 not that difficult but it is Um, is, yeah i've heard it's very difficult the time set for for uh like bronze is pretty simple i can get that in a a couple sittings um but pushing that next step to get a gold is is tricky and you only have a week to do it and you don't pick the track you don't pick the car generally um so yeah you actually have to like really get good at the track and kind of dedicate yourself to it um, I've really had a good time with Gran Turismo 7, so I 
this is kind of something I want to, I want to see if I can get done before December 31st. So yeah, that's my, that's my, that's my redemption goal is to get three gold medals in online time trials by the end of the year. Now, Brandon, we have not discussed Dave's alternative punishment, but I have an idea. Okay. And I want to see how you feel about this, unless you have any other ideas first. No, dude, I suggested Gollum, but I don't know that I would do that to him. I want to make it something worse. Oh, no, (laughs) No, dude, it can't be worse. It's not worse. Okay, my suggestion, if the council, the tribunal so decrees, is just that Dave has to play an additional... Not not including what he already has played, but an additional ten hours of Redfall during, oh. during the year of twenty twenty four. Solo, no friends, <laughs> no no fun, no friends. He has to play ten hours of Redfall. Dude, just kill the guy. Just fucking kill the guy. During the year of twenty twenty four, if he does not get three gold medals on Gran Turismo online tracks, ten hours. Do, do you accept, Brandon? Oh, that's a pun. Oh my god, dude. You must fucking hate Dave. I don't hate Dave. I think he would beat the game in another 10 hours on, on top Actually, of what he's Actually, he probably would. It's not that long. And yeah. this wouldn't be until January. So Correct. there's a chance the game could be in a better state then. So it doesn't sound that bad. It's only 10 hours, I mean, there's a chance. Too. I don't know if it's ever going to get less boring, but it might yeah. not be as, as poorly running. Yeah, that's true. That seems cruel and unusual, but I agree. I mean, I feel like if he failed a resolution, he had the opportunity just to be a loser like us. But instead, he chose to try to be a macho man and redeem himself. So if he can't, if the macho man can't redeem himself, I feel like the punishment should be somewhat. I mean, he has 12 months to play 10 hours. That's true. That's not a lot. Also, I'm confident in Dave. I he's achieved all gold license test. Yeah. Which is an insane feat, I will say, having having tr- attempted such feat um, that last year, Dave. That last year on the driving driving test is just so brutal. And the fact that you did that, bro, I got faith that you're going to get the gold medals. But I will agree to the Redfall challenge. That does seem adequate, Ben. So let so it be said. I don't get to play. I mean, I don't have to play Galgun, is what you're saying. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's correct. And you can platinum Galgun. <laughs> <laughs> we did a we did a video about Galgun Dude, way we, back in the day. We visited Galgun at their booth. Yes, Pax. we did. You Holy remember shit, that? Yes. You remember that, dude? <laughs> yeah, I do. Remember we were that. we were literally pl- Dave. Imagine that. Did you watch video of it? We were literally playing that in the open in public. <laughs> imagine that. Wow, it's a wild time. Not even in the corner. Not even with the lights off. Dave, do you accept our our uh, agreed upon punishment if you fail? The punishment fits the crime. I accept. All right. Oh, baby. <laughs> Let's talk about what we've been playing. Brandon, let's start with you. You have an sure. interesting lineup here, including one game I've never heard of. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I, all right. So um, that auto-corrected. <laughs> uh, I started playing Sekiro again because it's let's a game go. that I never, ever finished. And in one night of playing Sekiro, I made it as far as I did in all my other attempts. Oh, nice, dude. And that's... I have had a reawakening of the parry after playing games like um what the fuck was that one called from team ninja uh wulong oh yeah yeah, yeah wulong it's yeah. it's not exactly like parrying it's dodging whatever right. but i i was working on my timing quite a bit playing that game and i'm back at it 
The game is infuriating as fuck, but I'm playing it um, and I'm really enjoying it so far. Thank God it runs at 60 frames a second on my PS5. That's the only reason I'm back or I would be playing Demon Souls again, um, which I, I might actually do afterwards. But yeah. Armored Core coming out. So I'm kind of brushing up for that as well. Um, so really, really enjoying that. Um, the performance was a huge hindrance to me on my PlayStation 4. And I'm really, really glad that it is in uh, higher fidelity yeah in general so nothing to really say about that game everyone knows (laughs) so are you trying to tell me you've not played a game called selkirk i have not okay unfortunately yeah there's there's still time maybe that'll be my (laughs) punishment finding and playing that game um but i checked out a game called grid legends wait wait just real quick whenever i saw that on there i googled it just to see what (laughs) selkirk was i was like is this some like obscure game pass game i ever no, it's like a golf course in Minnesota or something. Oh, I don't know. Dude, yeah. Let's go golfing. Yeah. Um, I uh, I also am like every single week I'm trying to scratch my itch for racing games. Mm-hmm. And so I tried another one, Grid Legends. Pretty fun. Way more arcadey than I was actually hoping for. Um, I want something kind of in between. And uh, once again, I'm still just waiting for October uh, to roll around so I can play uh, more Forza. Um, have been doing the weekly challenges in Forza 5 to kind of satiate myself because nothing is really giving me that yeah. that edge. Um, and I'm tired of getting fucked over by the prizes in GT7, Dave. I'm done, dude. I was doing that shit for like a week straight and every single time I got dog shit rewards and I, and I, I just got fed up. I'm done. I can't do it anymore, <laughs> boys. Um, so Grid Legends is pretty cool. The story is cheesy as fuck, and I'm uninterested in it, but I just want to drive the cars. Yeah. Um, so I'll still probably check that out here and there. Um, and last, but certainly not least, I would like to say fuck Madden, the game and the series <laughs> in EA in general. The man? Um, no, 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 no. The the man, the myth, the legend stays in, in, in the uh, grave. Up in the rafters, as far as I'm concerned. His jersey, not him. Right. Um, Hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But um, I was playing, and I technically beat... um, I don't know if you can actually beat it. Um, The face of the franchise. I took my team to the Super Bowl with my guy. I upgraded all my stats. And so I, for all intent... I'm not going to say that. (laughs) Uh, For whatever reason, um, this game is awful um and i was googling it i took my guy to the next season and i said okay i want to go two championships back to back as the steelers yeah right i'm going to go to the super bowl again so i get drafted i click the steelers i load in and my first game is the new york giants versus uh some other team and i'm like what the fuck's going on here this is not the team i picked yeah and then I go back into the menu. I like close the game. I'm like, something's fucking up. I'm going to try again. When, I, when I'm in the menu, it says I'm on the Steelers. And then I click in the game and I'm on a different team. Oh, weird. And I'm like, what's going on? I crash the game. You know, I, I, I fuck around with this for like 20 minutes and then I Google it. And this game is just like perpetually broken and has been. I'm seeing Reddit posts from over a year ago, right after launch when this game came out. And it's been broken since then. But you like this specific thing. Madden 23 will just randomly put you in different teams. It's <laughs> seriously. And there were some people that not only different teams, but different positions. This guy was like, yeah, every three games I switched teams. Yeah. And then some people were saying that they switched positions. 
So the the quarterback that they built was now a running back. Weird, dude. And they had the stats for a quarterback, but they were playing a running back. This game is broken. Fuck EA for over a year not fixing this shit. I'm just so aggravated because I was really enjoying my time with it. And I felt like I was, you know, getting used to the team. I was getting used to these specific players. Like I, yeah. I had guys in runs and specific plays that I liked. And it completely stripped 100% of the fun away from me when it forced me to just be on whatever it damn well pleased. Wow. Um, so since launch, they have not fixed this problem. And that's why in what I've been playing, I typed fuck Madden. You did. I did. And Selkirk. Yes, correct. <laughs> Sekro, correct. Yeah. Selkirk, shadows might die. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shadows might die on a different team. Sure. Yeah. That is wild, man. I mean, I I understand, like, if a game... I, that's like the campaign. I really, it's I like really campaign. don't understand games coming out broken, but I understand that's the new norm. But I don't understand a game like Madden coming out for over a, being out for over a year and still being broken. That's wild. Yeah. It, it, it's just they they care so little and it's actually disgusting if i would have paid 70 dollars for this yeah thank god i played it on game pass because i'm mad a little bit now if you couldn't tell but i would have been furious 70 bucks for this to happen to me like i said i'm gonna say it again this is like technically the campaign like you right. make your character right it's crazy that reminds the what you just said about you know thank god for game pass reminds me of movie pass way back in the day it's different now. They came back with Movie Pass, whatever. But back in the day, Movie Pass was like ten or fifteen bucks a month for as many movies as you could watch. You know, one a day, so potentially thirty-one movies a month. And it would be like, well, I'm just going to go see this movie I don't care about because hey, it's Game Pass or sorry, it's Movie, movie Pass. Pass, and I'm just going to go do it because why not? It's a free movie. I have three hours free right now. I'm just going to go. Might and the movie that. might not be that good, but you'd be like, yeah, but it was it was free. It was sure. Movie Pass. That's kind of how that sounded. Yeah, yeah, Dave. Uh, you've got nothing written here. I'm assuming that's that's the case. You've been uh, you've been a busy boy. I've played a a a, a morsel of video games. Okay, uh, let's hear. Nothing it. new though. Uh, paid a little bit more of Dave the Diver. Um, mm-hmm. I see you've got that on your list, so I'm curious to hear what. Wow, you... spoiler. Just, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> you have that in Selkirk, so I don't know. Um, I played a little bit more Cult of the Lamb. Nothing new to say there. Uh, I did pull out, dig out my my PlayStation. I hooked that up and I played uh, a little bit of Time Trials. And um, there, if you're in, if you have GT Seven and you're you're interested in trying out an online time trial or lap time challenge, there's there's a really good one this week. Um, it's it's part of the Magior circuit. It's just like a small part of it. You can choose any Group 3 car you want, which, in my opinion, are the best kind of cars to drive in Gran Turismo. And the lap only takes about a minute. So, like, oh, nice. if you drive 10 laps, which I think is a good session, it's only going to take you about 10 minutes. So, if you're interested in checking that out, uh, then, yeah, you've got about a week to try a really good one for a first-timer. But, uh, yeah, other than that, um, I was going to play Exo Primal, um, and I did it. And I'm I'm wondering if anybody in the Discord has been playing because I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Um, I re- I was looking forward to trying it out, but I watched some stuff on it, and I just feel like it's a game that isn't really like it's probably a good one to wait on. Um, 
so yeah, I'm I'm curious to hear if anybody has played Exo Primal, but yeah, otherwise that's uh, that's it for me. Sorry, I'll, I'll try to get more interesting soon on on these, but <laughs> that's all right. Yes, <laughs> we appreciate you either way. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that 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 one race in GT was really easy. Is that what made you decide? Um, <laughs> it's not it, e- no no no. It's, it's not it's definitely easy. Not easy. <laughs> I, I, the lap time challenges that are on like like a full lap of like the Nürburgring or something. It's like, if you like, I, I don't want to spend 10 minutes doing one lap. So I'm just right. saying like, it's a good it's one fast. to check out because it's, yeah. it's one minute and you're done a lap. Right. Um, Dude. Also, I did one one week that was in a fucking van. <laughs> like, like at least, at least you're not in like some weird Nissan van. Yeah. So as far as Exo Primal goes, it's funny because I've been seeing like polar opposite things. Like some people saying about how amazing it is and other people saying it's absolutely dog shit. And, you know, of course you have to decide if the, the name beside the tweet is a, a known fanboy of some platform or another. Uh, and therefore their opinion is too high or too low. So I'm interested in checking it out for myself, maybe a game night with the boys just to, just to play it. Sure. Uh, and everything is more fun. Even Redfall was kind of fun when we were playing together because we were playing together um so yeah i might check out extra primal it's on it's on game pass it was fun until brandon lost his uh all his progress don't don't even remember the game crashed and brandon lost went back to zero (laughs) we still had fun after that because it was funny um how angry he was but it was was so pissy (laughs) dude what little enjoyment i got out of the game it was like oh you you have a morsel of enjoyment nope dude that nothing. happened to brandon nothing and he was like oh, i was thinking about keeping on playing this game i was like no you weren't and then dude, like a, a couple I, nights later i played him more than you guys. i know i know you did a couple nights later he sent me a message he was like you want to play a game i was like sure i was like what are you thinking he goes oh, i was kind of thinking about playing redfall i was like dude i already uninstalled it dude yeah i'm not playing it anymore i was like ben let's play he's like uninstalled i'm like oh that's how you feel okay for me, um, I've been playing some Sea of Thieves this week. It's really interesting because traditionally I just like PvP in that game, but this week I've literally just been hopping in uh, to hang with my buddy Justin. Brandon hopped in one night too, but he was hammered. Dude, drunk, I was so. too drunk. I was yeah. too drunk. He had a little party, and anyway, just hopping in and literally just going out and fishing. It sounds really boring and stupid, Dude, and I understand that. That's not. It's not. But. And, and especially in Sea of Thieves, which is a game I don't enjoy doing that in. And every time I see a ship go by, I'm just like, mm, I just want to go sink them. But uh, just working on that progress, like I have this whole spreadsheet that somebody made and I'm just filling it out with like the fish I've caught, working on getting that legendary hunter of the Sea of Thieves title. And um, I'll have literally nothing more than I have now except a new title. But, you know, it's a, it's a there are over 2000 fish and they are specific fish that you have to catch in that game. So it's a big undertaking for sure. Uh, so been doing a little bit of that. Uh, the SpongeBob DLC came out a couple of weeks ago, but I played it this last week for Power Wash Simulator. It took me, I don't know, three or four hours. And uh, it's like seven or eight bucks. It wasn't bad, especially for a game I love so much. And uh, it's really nice. The levels are really well done. Um, the Everything is is themed to look, you know, like SpongeBob World, whatever that's called, uh, Bikini Bottom. Is that right? Yes, dude. Yeah. God. And uh, so that was a lot of fun. It was definitely worth the, the the cashola, especially since I didn't pay anything originally for the game because it was on Game Pass. I have bought it. Uh, I bought the physical copy on PlayStation. Um, I haven't played it yet, though. I can't imagine. I don't really think I want to play that game with a controller, dude, but I bought get, it either way. You got to get the plat. I do. You're right. I do. But I remember how tough some of the time trials were. 
so yeah, I, I definitely have to get the platinum on that, Brandon. I just um I don't know, playing playing Power Wash with a controller. I tried it once on PC and it just did not feel right after using a mouse. So the time trials are tough. Can't you natively natively use a mouse and keyboard? On I could, but I, if I'm playing my PlayStation, I don't want to use a mouse and keyboard. If I'm if I'm using a mouse and keyboard, I want to use my computer. For the plat. For the plat, you're right. You're right. And you love that game. I do love that game. I'm definitely going to play it on there. It's just a matter of how agonizing will it be. True. So I did try it on controller. It is bad. Is it? Yeah, it's yeah. bad. I, I, not preferable. Yeah. You didn't tell me you played Power Wash. Yeah, I checked that out a couple times. It's got co-op. Honestly, it didn't scratch my itch. <laughs> I would love to try co-op, though. I yeah. think that would actually be pretty it, fun. Really, all it is is the same game, but you get to hang with a buddy. Yeah. It's just like being in a Discord call with somebody. Oh, I got to ask, was the, the crab crusty? It was a little crusty. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. And then, as Dave uh, revealed for everyone a few minutes ago, uh, I have been playing Dave the Diver. And uh, I'll tell you what. I had the anticipation for this game. Like I thought it was going to be good and it looked fun. And especially after hearing Dave talk about it a little while back, I was excited, but I was not prepared for the uh, level of, of engrossment that I had with this game. Last night I booted it up around, I want to say eight o'clock. And then at some point I actually switched over and was playing it. I have a steam link that uh, a listener actually sold me um, for very cheap recently and uh went and switched and started playing on my tv with the steam link from my you know from my pc to my tv and was just hanging out in the recliner listening to a podcast playing dave the diver and it went from eight o'clock to 5 a.m <laughs> shit the sun was practically coming without up. me even realizing it and not to say that i would have gone to bed early because i usually go to bed around four or five but wow <laughs> I was just like thoroughly engrossed with this game. And I, everything that Dave said about it is true, but I'll repeat it for those who don't remember or who weren't um, around at that point. Basically you are a, a diver. You're a guy who dives for fish and you get called in to help manage this restaurant. And so you dive during the, the day and you run a sushi restaurant at night and you go out and you collect fish and you collect different ingredients and you bring them back and then you serve them to customers. And there's a sushi chef and everything else and you you can hire staff and everything. But it is essentially, um, if if there were a an overcooked crafting game, I think this would be it. Does that sound accurate to you, Dave, pretty much? Yeah, yes. I've never really cared that much for overcooked. I've never really played it that much either, to be fair, but I've just not really, you know, bought into the appeal. But uh, the way this game does it, where you go out and you collect all these ingredients and then you come back and you serve them to your customers is a lot of fun. And the, the thing that makes it more fun is that you are continually upgrading your gear. You're upgrading the, you know, the harpoon you use to catch different fish with and you're upgrading the the scuba suit you're you're wearing so that you can go deeper into the water and you're getting more oxygen and you are acquiring different types of fish and going out and getting specific ones for specific customers that are going to be coming in and then you also start getting uh like missions that you got to go out and you gotta you know you gotta help this particular person or entity and then you know there's a there's an environmental agency that comes around and you got to help collect stuff for them and just everything about it is like so charming and also so satisfying to my OCD somehow. 
it's like if um i don't even know how i don't even want to make another analogy it's just it's a lot of fun and i wish that there were more uh, here here's the drawback for the game i like the missions i like the fact that you have like something to do and something to work towards but i wish that there were more of just the diving and getting fish and just the serving the sushi I was getting a little bit tired of constantly like, oh, I got to ha- I have this mission. I got to go out and do this particular thing. And sometimes you have to go to like a specific place in the blue hole, which is the water where you're diving. And you got to go to a specific place and accomplish a certain task. And at, and at one point I was like, really, I just want to catch fish and chop them up and serve them to people. Right. But I will say that the mission structure is really interesting because you are able to um, to like help other people. And to, you, you know, you got to go out and you got to identify like specific fish and catch them for, for a meal. And so there's a lot of charm to it there, too. I just wish that it was like a little bit less. Oh, and some of it's on the time limit. So it's not like I could just go out and dive for 20 days straight and serve sushi. Some of it you have to like accomplish this by a certain day. And that was a little bit disappointing, but I still really liked it. Like, I, I still really like it. So I, I don't know. I'm like eight or nine hours into it so far and um, having a grand old time with it. I will also say that there is a mechanic that I just opened up. Um, Dave, do you do you care about knowing a mechanic in the game? It's just that you you have a fish farm where you can actually get fish and put them in the fish farm and they will reproduce. And then you can use that to supply the sushi restaurant. So it gets to a point, and I haven't gotten there quite yet, where you can like set all of your menu items to automatically renew and like just grow the fish, essentially. And so like you start to automate things as well. And I assume, you know, go out and catch bigger and badder, badass fish. Uh, some of the fish are dangerous. They're, they're mean. They come after you, they fight you. And um, many of them are just passive and you harpoon them and, and make them bleed for no reason, but uh, other than to eat them, which is fine. And then some of them are, you know, aggressive. So they're coming after you um, and you have a gun and you have a harpoon and, you know, you gotta, you gotta figure out how to make sure that you don't, run out of water or run out of air while you're underwater and running out of air underwater sucks. Cause technically you're in like the game says game over, or you died or something like that. Um, and you, when you go back to the surface, you can only carry one thing back with you. So if you've collected like 50 of these rare expensive fish that make a good meal, you can only take one of them back with you. That's the punishment for, for dying. But it is nice if you're going to collect specific things that at least you got one of them. Right. Um, at the beginning of the game, at least, uh, you can only dive during the the morning and the afternoon, which I know Dave talked about. As the game progresses, you have other options for diving as well, and of course, that opens up different um, uh, different types of fish and different types of creatures that you can catch. Uh, overall, I'm I'm just really enjoying it. I was absolutely thoroughly engrossed, and again, there was like this game on its surface just looks like oh, okay, you're you're diving for things and then you're serving it. Like, I don't, I don't understand why it's so appealing to me, but it very much like I'm itching to get back into it. And I'm supposed to stream Sea of Thieves tonight with some buddies. Uh, like I do every Tuesday night. And I'm like, what if I just didn't and play Dave the Diver instead? <laughs> what if I just did that instead? So yeah, I would, I'm on again, I think the, the game is, um, I think I saw somewhere like 20 to 25 hours. If you just kind of like mainline the story, and I think I'm only, you know, eight or nine hours into it. And I've definitely not been mainlining the story. So I have no idea how long it will take, but I don't want it to be over. I just want to keep diving and catching fish and serving them at my restaurant. Uh, it's very appealing to me. Very appealing. But it's got so many different... It's got more RPG elements than to it than Final Fantasy did. 
uh, <laughs> Final Fantasy 16 by a long shot. So I like that. I like um, I like the upgrade systems and everything. And and you you get introduced to this whole like different cast of characters. That's um, you know each one is for a specific purpose. Some of them are restaurant critics, and some of them are you know nature preservation people, and some of them are trying to help this specific group of people. And so it's all really really cool. I like it a lot. I'm very, very, very happy I'm playing it. And that's all I've been playing. I did try out this week. There was one night where I was just like, what do I want to play? And that's actually the night when I started doing the fishing in Sea of Thieves because I loaded up, like we talked about last week, on cloud, like five or six different games, just trying to find something I wanted to play, and I just could not do it. Uh, I, I did end up playing Gears Tactics for like an hour, and I was like, I just don't care about the Gears world, so this isn't appealing to me right now. The gameplay is fun. It's fine. Of course, I was in the intro section, but I just, even though I've played all the Gears games except for five, I just don't, I don't know. There was nothing about it drawing me to it. So fishing in Sea of Thieves and fishing in Dave the Diver and being underwater in SpongeBob, I just made the connection that um, just being underwater a lot, basically. Yeah. And uh, also Poot, one of our one of our patrons. Um, would say that I just like games with tentacles. And actually, he's he's dead on this probably week. probably right, yeah. yeah. And that's all I got. I think that's all we all got. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being around with us. Uh, thanks to you. Thanks to those of you who are patrons over at patreon.com slash hands of phantom. Again, ad-free early access to the show. We appreciate you. And the Discord over at handsofphantom.com slash Discord. We appreciate you being there. Boys, we'll see him next week. That's it. Bye. The HP Podcast is made possible by our patrons over at patreon.com slash handsome phantom. The following patrons are at the $5 level or above. Toby Ryland, Edward Walton, Josh Cummings, Jared, Poot, Boots, Passive Pixels Edwin Castillo, Maurice Bays, Htrons, Nuke Dukem, Derek O, Rainick, Christian Snow, Gravelicious, Benji Bop, and Johnny Waffles.